This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. If you will go with me to the book of Hebrews chapter 11. And I want to remind us as a ministry... Before we be, because we're beginning a new series of teachings. We just finished a series of teachings. But I want you to know that God is still dealing with our ministry uh, on the wheel of preparation, preparing us. He's still right there. Now, even though we're still on the wheel of preparation, our emphasis is now shifting. God is now shifting us. Even though we're still on the wheel of preparation, our emphasis is shifting as God continues to move us forward as a ministry, as the members of the body of Christ. And the scriptures that we're going to, is, we're going to use in Hebrews, is going to, we're, going to, we're going to use that to guide us throughout the teaching of this series that we're now approaching. Hebrews chapter 11, beginning at verse 7, it speaks about the actions of Noah. And he prepared, as he prepared an ark to save his house. This is what it's speaking about. So in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7, it says, By faith, Noah being warned of God, of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear. Everybody say moved. He was moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness is, which is by faith. Church, this is the first thing. Those that are taking notes, this is very important I want, because I want you to remember this because throughout this teaching, this is something that we will be looking back on, back and forth. And, and in this teaching, we're going to be teaching for several weeks, maybe several months. So this is also a series, but I want you to remember this. So you, and, and you know what? Anybody listening by this, don't let me say this statement and you run off. You got to hear it all or you're going you're to make a mistake. Amen? First thing, church, God didn't save Noah from the flood. I said, don't run off. Just stay there. God did not save Noah from the flood. God warned Noah of the flood. He didn't save him from it. He warned him of the flood. But what saved Noah from the flood was Noah's preparation that saved his house. See, it said he prepared. See, God has his part, and we have our part. God has his part. God warned him of the flood that was coming, and he prepared. So Noah's preparation, that is what saved his house. And God wants us to understand this. We, we, see, we, we just got that. So what do we have to do? We have to prepare. That's why God has us in preparation. God gives us warnings of what is coming. God gives us warnings of what we need to do. See, He not only tells us, see, a lot of times we just want to hear, we get excited about people tell you about something that's coming. But God not only tells you when something is coming, but He'll also tell you what to do. 
And then he, and then when he tells you what to do, he makes it your responsibility to prepare for what is coming next in our lives. God said, now that's your responsibility. God is going to do his job. And remember in our last teaching, we also have a job to do. God will let us know what's coming. God said, now I'm going to give you this, this, and this, and that to prepare. God has given us in our last teaching everything to prepare for right now. That's how good he is. So I don't get excited because a prophet or an apostle or a pastor or someone tells you, thus said the Lord, I want to know what to do. Because you ought to know from the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you that he'll tell you things before they happen. So I don't get excited about that. I'm excited about God tell me what's, what I need to do for what's coming up next. And he always does. And this is the thing. It takes faith to prepare. It takes faith to prepare. That is, when you have to believe the instructions of God. When He instructs, you have to believe the instructions of God. And you have to be willing to obey those instructions. Guess what? Without visible evidence. See, I have to believe it without visible evidence. I don't have to see it. I believe it. See, we want to see something before we can believe. Well, that's not faith. Faith is believing without seeing. See, you don't have faith for what you see. You, have, you know for what you see. But you believe for what you don't. So this faith, you have to believe without evidence. We believe without evidence. What a good God. And this is the thing that we have to understand. God never speaks to us about today. Oh, listen up. God never speaks to us about today. Whenever God speaks to you, He's speaking to your heart about things that are coming in the future. (laughs) Did you hear me? And then He comes back And then he tells you what you need to do today in order to prepare for what is coming. Now, you may think, oh God, talk to me about it. But let me tell you, whatever's going on with with your situation today, he already had talked to you about it before. You just wasn't listening. See, we want to answer for our problems today for what's happening. But God told you, I told you that three weeks ago. I told you that two months ago. Because He never talks to you about today because He doesn't have to. He wants you to prepare. He can't talk to you about what's going on today because you need to prepare. So He may have given you your answer three months ago. You didn't listen. You didn't hear. You were offended or whatever it was and you didn't get it. Now you want an answer. But the answer has already been given. Go back and research. He never talks to you about today. He talks to us about the future. And then He goes back. And he says, okay, I'm going to tell you about the future. Now I'm going to show you what you need to do to prepare for it. See, I I told you, we're not spooky. I'm not trying to give you something that you can get excited about today and then tomorrow you wake up and you're depressed and you're down because none of it's coming to pass. I'm giving you something to walk in because that's what's going to change your life. I said, that's what's going to change your life. But we have, we have to have faith and we have to have a hope. 
that God loves us. That He has our best interest at heart, even in what's going on now. God has His best interest at heart for those that belong to Him. So we have no fret, no fear. You know what? God is interested in everything about you that's going on in you right now. Everything that he can see, that he, you know, everything that he already knows. He knows how you're going to react. God has a desire to protect us from the things that we don't have any evidence of its presence. See, we don't have any evidence of it, of, of everything coming down. God said, but you know what? I want to protect you from that. I want to protect your way of thinking from that. I want to protect you for all the things that you don't see evidence of. What a good God. See, we can trust that. I trust that. And see, but why do I trust that? Because I know that he loves me. And I know that he loves you. Amen. And so we need to have enough faith in the, and enough hope in that to do what God is commanding us to do. And he's going to command us this morning. God's, listen, God's word is never a suggestion. You can't reason with God and try to talk him out of what he's telling you. God's word is always a commandment. Because he knows what's good for you. He knows what's best for you. So his word is commanding and he's going to command us today. Now, if we want to be prepared for the next move of God, people, we need to be prepared through, write it down, restoration. Restoration is key. Everybody, we need to be restored. That is, we want to be healed, repaired, and rebuilt. We need to be healed, repaired, and rebuilt. That's what God's people need. Listen, I'm God's person. And you are God's person. See, I don't have no special nothing on him that you don't have. No prophet, no evangelist, no pastor, no teacher, no, no apostle. Nobody have anything special on God. The same God, the same God person that they are, so are you. God has no favorites. Not in his family. Even though we know the church as a whole has presented it like God has favorites, favorite prophets, favorite pastors, favorite teachers. But there is no favorites in God's family. God wants to heal, repair, and build each and every one of us. For again, for the next several weeks, I, wanna, I want you to entitle this. And, 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 and if you're taking notes, let's entitle this, Restoration by the Master's Hand. Restoration by the Master's Hand. Before we can concern ourselves with restoration of others, we must make sure that we first are restored. If I'm going to help you be restored, i got to first be restored. Turn in your Bibles to Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. 
I told you we're a teaching ministry. See, we, I don't want you to run around and say what Pastor Hill said or what uh, this church said. You see, when I give you the scripture, you can say this is what God said. See, everybody want to tell what their prophet said, what their apostle said, what their pastor said. I don't need that. I need to know what God said. Because God is over every pastor, prophet, teacher, minister. So I need to know what God said. So we go to the scripture and then you can say, God said in Philippians. Amen. So turn in your Bibles to Philippians chapter 3. Church, we cannot be prepared for the next move of God if we are not restored. We can't be prepared of what God's going to do next in our lives if we're not healed. If there's areas of despair in your life, if there are things in your life that need to be rebuilt, know that all of that must take place before you can be used by God. So you have to prepare myself to get on this wheel to be healed. Oh, God, to be rebuilt. That's our job. You have to say, God, I want to be. I want to be prepared for what you want me to do. And God said, okay, let me put you on the wheel. And I will repair you. And I will heal you. I will make everything right for you. Conducive to us so that I can use you for the body of Christ. For everybody can get, so that you can be a blessing to others. It's all about being a blessing to someone else. Amen. And church, we have to do the work, the hard unseen work. And we talked about that in our last teaching. We must do the hard unseen work to ensure that our lives can be used by God. And we have to do the work. Listen, we have to work with hope. We got to work with hope. We have to do the work to make sure that our lives can be used by God. Do the work. Deal with things that are going on on the inside of you. Deal with things that are not right in you. Deal with things that are keeping you from God's best. Deal with them. Listen, in order for our lives to be restored, I'm going to tell you what we have to do. I'm going to tell you what we have to do. In order for my life and your life to be restored, number one, we have to work out our own salvation. you got to work out your own salvation. Now, right there, that's a whole message. Because everybody wants the pastor, the prophet, the apostle, the teacher. We want someone to work out our salvation for us. But that's not scriptural. Scripturally, you must work out your own salvation. And this isn't an individual thing. It's not a family. I can work out the salvation for the whole family. It doesn't work that way. You have to work out your own salvation. I want to make sure before we read Philippians chapter 2 that we understand that this is not a message uh, for a particular group in the church. Listen to me closely, everyone that's streaming. This is not a message for a particular age in the church. This is not a message for a church. Uh, uh, this, this message is for the church as a whole, for everyone. 
Why? Because we are all in different stages and different ages in our lives. And there are areas in our lives where we need to be restored. So this particular teaching, series of teaching, because we never teach one message, a series of teaching so that you can have continuity of thought line upon line and you can connect the knowledge, you have to understand that there's different, everybody's at different ages, but this series is going to transcend all of that, all of our differences, all of what our ages, all of our stages of life. It's going to hit each and every one of us. Because God is trying to restore you. So he's going to make sure everybody gets it. I believe in my heart that there are children, children who need to incline their ears, need to hear the message. Because even though they're children or they're a child, they've already been through some things that have hurt them. And they need to hear it. They've been through some things that may have damaged them. May have caused some issues down on the inside that you as a parent might not even know about. Amen? And you're not going to be ready for God's next move in your life if you're not restored. You're not. There are teens, teenagers, I believe, and youth, Unfortunately in life, I've already dealt you troubles, some blows. You've already gone through some situations and some areas of hurts and areas of uh, where you need to be rebuilt. Yes, teens and youths. And it's down on the inside. And that's what this message is going to do. Get down on the inside. You need to be restored. You're in the right place. There are young adults. As well, in the church, in the church as a whole, in this church, ones, the ones that we call the, this generation. You're in the church, you're saved, you love God, you desire to worship God, but there's still some areas down on the inside where you have not been restored. It's there. God wouldn't say it if it's not so. God wouldn't say it if it was not so. There are some long-time church members, <laughs> church folks, that have sat in church Sunday after Sunday, week after week, month after month, year after year. You have your notepads. You have everything. You, I'm telling you, but let's, the moment of truth is this. You need to be restored as well. And if you be honest with yourself, you'd acknowledge that there are still areas on the inside where I need to be healed. I don't care that you, you, how long you've been in church. I don't care how often you come. I don't care if you never miss a Sunday. I don't, none of that means nothing. God said there's areas in your life that need to be healed. There are still things where in you that need to be rebuilt. There are still areas that need to be repaired. And God is going to be able to fully... If, if you want God to able, be able to fully use you, you're always saying how you want Him to use you and use your life. If you do, let Him heal you. Let Him reveal you. Let Him repair you for His next move. And because He will not be able to, remo- to use you until you are restored. 
all a part of the preparation. Grab a hold of it. There are some married folks in the church and in this ministry. There are some formerly married folks in here. That things may, they may look good on the outside. You know, when you come in here, it looks good on the outside like everything is okay. But if we would really give you some truth serum, If we could give it to you, you would have to acknowledge, yeah, in every area of my life, I'm still not restored. See, because marriage won't restore this. Having children won't restore this. Buying a new house, a new car, a new job won't restore this. This takes the power of the Holy One from on high. That's what it takes. So you can do all those things, but notice, new don't last new long. And after the newness wear out, everything else does. Because the repairing and the rebuilding and the healing comes from Him above. Not in things and stuff. Not in people. Not in spouses. Not in parents. None of those things is God and God alone. There are people who have gone through suffering, loss in here. Me being one of them. And if truth be told, you're not, I, I'm not quite through any, a lot of you that have gone through loss. You're not quite yet restored from that loss that you suffered in your life. I'm not ashamed to say it and I'm not trying to get out of it. I'm allowing God day by day to heal me, to repair me, to rebuild me. So I don't want anyone to try to write yourself off from this message because it's for everyone. It's for everyone. And the only way for all of our lives to be restored, we have to work out our own salvation. That's key. I must work out my own salvation. Okay, are we in Philippians chapter 2? Go to chapter 2. Paul here is speaking to the church at Philippi. Chapter 2, beginning at verse 12. It says, Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. I love that. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. The word salvation there is a similar to a word in, the he in Hebrews 11 that we were at earlier, where it said that Noah saved his house. That the, in both Hebrews 11 and Philippians 2, the word salvation, if you were to take out uh, of the, if you would take it out of the Greek, those two words, and bring it right now into the modern day English, those two words, there's, you know, there's not a big difference in them. They pretty much mean the same thing. Salvation, the word, the word salvation and the word restoration, they, they, many of means the same, the same meaning. Salvation and restoration. Listen, what he is saying is, if your life is going to be healthy, spiritually healthy, you're going to have to Work that out. 
See, that's your own salvation. You've got to work that out. If your life is going to be made whole, guess what? You're going to have to work that out. You, stop looking for a word. Stop looking for a word of knowledge. Yes, the gifts of the Spirit are in, uh, in operation in the body of Christ, but stop looking for that. What about the word of you working out your own salvation? you got work to do. You can't be lazy and be restored. You can't be lazy and be prepared. Are you with me? So if life, you're gonna, you, if you're gonna be made whole, you're gonna have to work it out. If you're gonna, you're gonna have to work out what it takes for your life to be healthy spiritually. You got a work to do. You want your life to be spiritually healthy and, 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 and again, and naturally healthy. You're going to have to work it out, naturally or spiritually. It doesn't matter. You still got to work it out. You want your life to be whole. You want your, whole, your, your body to be whole. See, we want our spirit, soul, and body to be whole. We want the whole package. So if I want the whole package, I'm going to have to work out my own salvation. You, I want the whole package. I want ten. I want the whole package. Okay, now you're going to have to work out your own salvation to obtain that package. For the whole package. So you can be spiritually and naturally healthy. Now, that word salvation not only means to be healthy but and to be whole, but it also means preservation. Preservation. You want your life to be preserved. If you want your life to be preserved, you're going to have to work some things out. See, it's not just in saying it. you got work to do. Your life is not going to be preserved just because you want it to be. It <laughs> don't work that way. There are some things that you're going to have to work out. And listen, nobody is going to work it out for you. I don't care how many lies that a prophet, a pastor, a teacher, an apostle going to tell you they're going to help you work. No, you have to work that out. you got to work that out with God because nobody knows what's going on on the inside like you and God. Because people only know what you tell them. Only. But God knows all the ins and outs, and so do you. That's on you. So if you want that to be worked out, you're going to have to work it out. Look at somebody and say, nobody's going to work it out for you. But you. But you. Nobody will. I'm telling you, if you ever heard truth, hear that now. Nobody's going to work it out for you. But you. Nobody's going to make sure that you have a, a healthy spiritual life. But you. Nobody's going to make sure that you're whole but you. No husband can do that. Stop trying to get married thinking that's going to make you whole. It won't. Stop saying, I, all I need to do is be married. It still won't make you whole. You ought to get that by now. Those of you that thought that marriage was going to make you whole, you ought to get it by now. It didn't, did it? No, because it's not created to. A marriage is not created to make you whole. If you are, if no such a thing is, my better half. If you have a person, then you're in trouble. 
Amen. So no husband. No wife. Some of you think if I can just get a wife, they'll make me whole. No child. That's why I say giving birth to children. Hey, you ain't did nothing but brought you on some burden to carry. But it's not going to make you whole. And, it's, and again, I don't want you to think I'm against having children. I love my grandchildren. And there's nothing wrong with having children. I just want you to know it won't make you whole. <laughs> it won't make you whole. And it's not going to make you happy either. It's usually just happy at the hospital for a little while. You, you see, after you get them home for a while, I tell you, you don't last new long. All of a sudden, they start making you unhappy. Because they're not created for what you thought they were created for. They weren't, they're not created to make you smile all the time. And they won't. No pastor can do it. I'm not here for that. I'm not here to make you whole. I'm here to minister to you and you do the work and make your own self whole, working out your own salvation. Don't stop putting that on pastors. And pastors, stop make, pretending like you can make someone whole because you can't. Now you're doing God's job. Now you're out of order and out of line. Now you're in sin because you're trying to push God off the throne and get on it. I'm not trying to make you whole. I'm ministering to you. And you take the information. You take the knowledge that God has given you from His own. And then you work it out. That's what you do. You work it out. At some point in your life, there are some things that you have to work out. Work it out. Look at your neighbor and say, work it out. The word salvation also means to be delivered from evil. To be delivered from evil. I like that. Salvation, delivered from evil. The Bible tells us to resist the devil. We have to give no place to him. In other words, if I want my life to be safe from the evil of this world, there are some things I'm going to have to work out all by myself. If I want to be protected from the evil of this world, there are some things that I have to work out all by myself. That word work out that I keep saying, that means accomplish. See, there are some things you're going to have to accomplish all by yourself. There are some things that you have to accomplish on your own. Now, it doesn't mean that God's grace is not there for you or for me. Yes, it's there. See, this salvation that I'm talking about pertaining to what I'm teaching, pertaining to the scriptures that I'm going to, I'm not talking about going to heaven. Because, see, you can go to heaven but live an unhealthy spiritual life right here on earth. So this salvation, I'm not talking about going to heaven. You can go to heaven prematurely because you didn't preserve your life from the evil of this world. See, you can go to heaven and was never whole spiritually on the earth. See, it, see, if you never get to the place where you work it out and be spiritually healthy, it doesn't mean you're going to hell. It just means that you're living like hell here because you want work it out. You want do things to make it where my life can, I can live life more abundantly. But that takes work. I said that takes work. On your own. You and God. Stop trying, to, stop trying to hinge on to someone else that's making it work and think it's going to fall off on you. 
It won't. Don't try to be just connected to someone that is already on. You got to work out your own salvation. Listen, the word work out means to do something to bring about a result. When I say work out, you ask me, it's to bring about a result. In other words, you're going to have to do something to bring about your salvation, the health of your life, the spiritual health of your life, the restoration of your life, the wholeness of your life. There are things you're going to have to do to bring about results. Not just talk about it. To work out also means to make fit as a result of effort. See, I'll make it fit by a result of effort. That means i got to put some effort into it. That, again, you cannot be lazy. you got to put effort in it. You want to have a fit spiritual life? Then you're going to have to put an effort in it. It's just like natural having physical. If you don't put any effort in it, you're not going to get any results. So it is spiritually. If you don't put any effort in it, you're not going to get the results. You're not going to have a fit spiritual life. And you cannot live off of someone else's fit life. Have you noticed in the natural, someone else's fit, just you walking alongside of them and you, 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 you're heavier? Have you noticed just walking alongside them won't let, won't wake, weight fall off of you? No, you got to do, you got to put in the effort yourself. So, so I don't care who you're tied into. I don't care what camp you go to. I don't care what preacher. I don't care what church you go to. I don't care what prophet you know. I don't care what apostle you know. I don't care about any of that. They may be fit, but are you? Because you're not going to get fit because you know them. You're not going to be fit just because you say, you know, that's my pastor. That's my prophet. That's my... You know. But what about your fitness? Have you worked it out? I said it's time for a workout. In church, remember what I'm teaching. I'm teaching us what it takes to be restored. See, it takes something to be restored. You're going to have to work out your own salvation. Did you hear me? Work out your own salvation. Now let's read carefully verses 12 and 13. Uh, Where am I? Let's, let, 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 let's read that again and we're going to read it carefully. Wherefore, my beloved, as we have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Now, I'm about to make a statement that you're going to hear over and over in this series of teaching. As we move through these teachings, I'm about to make a statement. Uh, statement. You're going to have to learn how to work out what God is working in. Ooh, write it down. I'm going to have to work out what God is putting in. Did you hear me? I'll say it again. Or what God is working in. I'll say it again. I'm going to have to work out what God is working in. See, God is trying to work in you. And you're going to have to learn how to work it out. I got to work out what he's working in me. I got to work out what he's working in me. That's on you. God is doing it. God always does his part. You never have to worry about, well, God, what is God doing? Where is God? God is always doing what he's supposed to. 
For you to ask that lets you know you off beat. God's doing what He's supposed to do. He's working in you, but you got to work out what He's working in you. We're workers together with Him. God is trying to work some things in your life, and you're going to have to work it out. See, that's going to be the word of church of living out. Water, work it out. God is trying to produce a benefit in your life. And you're going to have to learn how to do what? Work it out. Work it out. See, the world said walk it out. God said work it out. See, we follow the rules of the master because we're in the kingdom. We're in the kingdom. So we follow that. We work it out while others walk it out. They're going to get tired. We're going to work it out. God is trying to cause uh, something to happen in our lives that will preserve our lives, that will make us whole. God's trying to keep us healthy spiritually, and you're going to have to work it out. I've got to work out what he's working in. I've got to work out what he's working in. See, God is working in you, trying to get you to work something out. What a good God trying to get you to work something out. And there may be, you know, there's many of us that resist the working out that he's trying to work in. You resist it. <sighs> I don't want to hear that. Oh, who's teaching today? Oh, I don't want to. Oh, no. Now, oh, they said something to fear me now. See, you trying to resist. You don't want to go no further. Something I may have said that's called you say, oh, no, I don't want to stream no more. I don't go. See, you, that's called resisting what he's trying to work in you. So you can work it out. See, ain't no sense in working out when you don't have nothing to work out. And see, God could have left it that way and let you figure out what to work out. But he said, no, I'm going to work in you so you'll know what to work out. Everybody say, working out salvation. So he wants us to, he wants to work in us so that we can work it out. God is saying that. God is saying, I'm working in you. This morning, God is saying, if you're listening, thank you, Father. If you're listening, whether you belong to this church or you don't, if you're listening right now, God is saying to you, I am working in you with this message. Be still. I'm giving you something to work out. I'm giving you something to work out. You're going to be the one who has to work out your own salvation. See, I don't want you to think, again, I have to keep reiterating this, because stop looking for someone to work it out for you. He said, no, I'm working in you. I'm not working in everybody else to work out you. I'm working in you so you can work it out. The intent of this whole teaching is to prepare us for God's next move in our lives. You put it this way, preparing myself for God's next move in my life. You put it that way, in my life. See, we need, you need to be in my life. Preparing. This is the whole intent of this teaching. Is God has said, I'm preparing you so that I can use you. I want to just use you. Just you in your life. Why? Because we are the church. I want you to get out. See, I want us to get out of the institutional mindset, though, right now. 
that God is preparing a church building or a church full of people. I, right now, I want you to get outside of that mindset. And you know, because you, we already know what he's doing collectively with us as a body of believers. Because it's orchestrated by the Holy Spirit. But God said, I want to deal with you individually and I want to work in you individually. So, I want you to make it personal. God is preparing me. God is preparing me. Why? Because I'm the church. Not this building. I'm the church. He's preparing me for his next move in my life. And I have to realize that however God moves in my life, it will be connected, listen, to the next phase of my life. Ooh, that's so good. I'll say it again. I have to realize however God moves in my life, it will be connected to the next phase of my life. Because God moves in our life based on the phase of life that you're in. So he's moving. Preparing you for the next phase. We all have next phases of our lives. So in preparation for God's next move in my life, I also have to be prepared for the next phase of my life. So did you hear me? So if I'm also getting, getting my head prepared for God's next move in my life, I also have to be prepared for the next phase of my life. Because a phase is coming. I said a phase is coming. Trying to see if I have a handkerchief up here. I don't. That's okay. <clears throat> the next phase of our lives. So we need to know that. Everyone in here, everyone that belongs to this ministry, everyone that, 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 that's streaming, there is a next phase of your life. Know that. There is a next phase of your life. And you know what? We can see what comes. You know, God wants to show us what's coming next. But you have to be prepared. God will show you what's coming next, but you have to be prepared. So I have to be prepared, not just for God's next move, but also for the next phase. Just for the next phase as well. See, I, I want to I reiterate that. Not just for His next move, but also for His next phase of my life. I must be prepared. And I want you to know this. You don't want to enter into the next phase of your life unprepared. You're not going, you don't need that. Did you hear me? You don't need to enter into the next phase of your life unprepared. Some of us can say it this way. We don't want to enter into another phase of our life unprepared. We can say that and, and, and it's for a reason. We, because it's coming. I don't, want, I, don't, I don't want to be in another phase of my life. Uh, the next phase of my life comes. And here I am once again unprepared. Because how many of you know most of us, I didn't say all, but most of us, if we're honest, uh, just being honest with yourself, you don't have to say anything out loud, there have been at least, there's at least been one phase in our life, probably more, that if we could, we could take it back and do it all over again. Every one of us. If we could just look back. And, and it was a phase. It was a phase. If we could do it over again, we would. We would take it all over and you would get some things right before you do what you did. You, you would do it. 
So we got to... So whatever that phase was, you went into it unprepared. Whether you thought you were or not, you weren't. And guess what? When you do that, it costs you some things. It'll always cost you some things. But what I'm saying is, it wasn't the last phase of your life, though. That's good news. It wasn't the last phase of your life. It was just the next phase. But, oh, you can say, if I can go back and do it all over. But we already know, once time is gone, it's gone. Listen, some of you, listen closely, especially those that are streaming. Some of you got into parenting before you were ready for that move. Oh, you know, we think it's all about playthings until we get them. And it has nothing to do with your age. You just start parenting before you were ready for that move. Some of you got into matrimony before you were ready for that move. Oh, you thought you were at the time. But uh, it'll prove it out. It'll prove itself out. But if you could do it again. You take it a little slower and say, you know what, I have time. And I'm not talking about, you know, if you're still married or if you're divorced. When you look back over it, I'm just saying when you look back over it. Because let me tell you, if you're married, you need to stay married. I'm just saying if you look back over it, you wasn't ready for that. But you got to be honest to do that. See, now that you're in it, now you ought to be able to see it. You know what? I'm in it, and I'm going to put all I can. See, you're thinking I'm saying you shouldn't have got married. You should. You know, when it, it, it's too late for all of that. I'm saying, if you look, remember what this is about, God restoring. So he's dealing on the inside. He's putting something in you. Don't resist it. If you're married, you're married. But if you had a chance to do it over, you know now, because you're in it, that you really wasn't prepared. Hmm. For one thing that I do know, because for young people, they think marriage is about sex. And you found out, you found out real early that got old, right? And if you got children, it got older. Cause, because it's not, it's not created for what you think. Just, just, just look at somebody and say, you know what? I wasn't ready for it and you wasn't either, but we're here now, so let's work it out. That's what you say. Let's just work it out. Because let me tell you, it doesn't matter. It's going to cost you something. It always does. But work it out. The cost that it is, just work it out. Some of us are at the age of retirement. You aren't ready for that either. Some of us will get the age where we start having health issues and health challenges. Not ready for that either. Listen, some of us graduated from high school and we weren't even ready. Weren't ready for college. Listen, some of us left elementary school and wasn't ready for middle school. All I'm saying is that this thing can happen all along the way. All along the way. See, now it doesn't happen just when you get an adult. It starts all the way along the way. So what are you saying, Pastor? 
Let's not go into one more phase of life unprepared. Let's stop the cycle now. Don't go into one more phase. Because another phase is coming. But you have to decide by working out your own salvation. I'm not going into not one more phase of life being unprepared. I've done enough of that. At some point you have to stop. You have to say, I can't keep going through life not ready for what's coming next. See, you cannot. I told my sons, I tell you, I tell all. Look, look, anything that happens, everything, God has already prepared. He's already made provision. He's already done all He said. Keep the focus. Stay in tune with Him. No matter what goes on around. That's why you need to cut the TV off and open your Bible. You'll be greatly encouraged. If you don't know what to read, just read what I'm giving you now. If you don't know what to read, just go read Psalms. It'll make you plum happy. Is there such thing as plum happy? Well, if it's not, go read it and you'll find out what plum happy is. Oh, you just, just start at chapter 1. Can you give me a chapter? But see, that's again, again, once again, you want me to work out your own salvation. I just tell you Psalms, you go after it. Work it out for you. So work it out right there. Let me tell you, if you keep letting the world tell you everything that's going on in the world and everything that's there, and I'm not talking about being ignorant because we know we need to be aware of what's going on in our surroundings. We, we, I'm not talking about that. But I don't soak it all in and put it above the Word of God. I don't make no imagination in my mind. I cast down every thought, bring it into obedience to the Word of God. I put the Word of God on top of everything that I hear, whether it's true or false, in the media, on social media, on television, everything. Whether it's true or false, whether it's fake news or real news, I still, the Word of God is above it. That's the way I run my life. That's the way I orchestrate my life and my family. That's the way you got to stay right there. I'm not going into not one more phase of life being unprepared. You can't keep going through the next, and you know, you can't keep going through not being ready for the next thing that's happening, for what's coming next. Let me tell you, after this thing that's going on in our country, something else is going to come next. You better be prepared. It's things have been going on before this. It was something else. Y2K. It was, it's always something. You gotta be prepared for what's coming next. So while you're busy getting, uh, getting all involved and letting all of this stuff that's going on today get you all, why don't you get yourself prepared for what's coming next? And just live on God through all of this. Because I'm working out my own salvation. So let it all come. And when it rise, whatever's coming next, when everybody else starts falling apart, I'm ready. Why? Because I've been working out my own salvation. God is a faithful God. To all who are faithful to Him. So at some point I have to stop. And get prepared. See, you got to stop some things and get prepared. Listen, you don't want to carry hurts from one phase to the next. At some point, you just got to work it out. Even the hurts. You can't carry disappointments, frustrations, 
divisions and unforgiveness. Don't carry it into the next phase. That's the problem. That's why you haven't been able to work anything out. Stop it. You get, you, it's hindering you. We can't keep carrying breaches from one phase of life to the next phase of life. You take it from one deal to another. It's going in there. To the next phase of life, you know, at some point you got to do what? Work it out. You can't keep taking broken things and packing them in your life and, and packing them into the next phase and then unpacking them in that phase and then living through that phase with them and then packing them up for the next phase and living a, uh, at some point you have to do what? Work it out. Or you can't be restored. If you keep carrying things that need to be worked out from one phase to the next one, you are not prepared. And if you are not prepared and you're not restored, because watch this. This is one of the reasons why you're not. You try to play hurt. Now, when I say play hurt, I'm not saying you playing like you're hurt. I'm like, like, uh, like a game. Like in games, when people play hurt, well, that's, that's not good. And so a lot of times that's what we're doing. You're hurt in the game of life, but you're still trying to play it. You're playing hurt. You know, sometimes when we look at athletes that play, and sometimes we've seen people play, and, and they play and hurt, and they play and play, and they hurt, and they, they even limp it, but they still try to play. They play all the way till the game is done. They force themselves, or they play until the, to the, till, uh, they finish a play, and they, they spring their ankle, but they still try to do it all the way through. And, but the next game to come up, guess what? They sit now, because they played hurt. They try to push through. That's what we're doing in life. You're playing hurt and you're just still trying to push through. I'm still just trying. Finding a way to push through. But once you sit down, just like an athlete, the, the severe, let me tell you, the injury is going to be severe. You won't be able to get up for the next one. And some, listen, some of us at some point in our lives, if you don't get responsible, not going to be ready it's coming in your life why I've been playing hurt too long and you're not going to be able to check in the next time God calls calls on you God's going to like I want to use you for that but you're going to you're going to be having to sit it out can't got too got too much stuff going on I've been playing hurt you know what when you play hurt that's what causes divorces. Playing hurt too long. That's what causes children to all of a sudden not be able to be raised by parents. Being hurt. Playing hurt too long. That's what causes active members of a church to all of a sudden disappear. Hmm. Playing hurt too long. That's what causes young people that was once fired up about the things of God to be back into foolishness, back getting high, back doing things that they ought not to do. You were in the church playing hurt. And it'll never work out. You got to work it out. Some young adults, they come in, they, they, you, they just talking, and they just talking, talking. You, you played hurt so long, you think you know something, and you don't. 
Stop. You've been hurt too long. So, so, and, and, and this is the thing about it. You played hurt too long, and let's just look at it naturally. When an athlete, and they have to sit out, it's not like they have to sit out for the whole season. Sometimes they have to sit out three or four games. Sometimes they do. They played and they messed it up so bad that they do have to sit out the whole season. Some of you are there. But guess what? Have you noticed if you go, if you look at the basketball players, even football players, those ones that hurt, but they still come to the game. They might sit on the sideline, but they still come to the game. So you know what? You might have to sit on the sideline. Just sit there. Enjoy what's going on. Root the other ones on. Learn something. Why you heal. Why you repair. Why God brings you where you need to be. Be okay with it. Don't force. See, you come out of it and you try to bring that in another phase of life. You try to force it again. When God said, oh, you prayed, played hurt way too long. Sit down. Be restored. Remember this always. Playing hurt catches up with you. Playing hurt catches up with you. And I'm trying to take this slow because this is a series of teachings. Church, here's my purpose. is to give us tools we need to do the work of restoration. I, my whole purpose here is to give you tools to work out your restoration. Now watch this. I'm giving you tools. I'm not doing the work. Say it again. I'm going to give you the tools, but I'm not doing the work. So that means you don't have to stop and try to tell me to uh, talk to me after service and want me to preach to you again. That's your work. I've already ministered to you. You must work out your own salvation. I want to give us the tools we need to do the work of restoration. Again, I'm giving you the tools. I'm not doing the work. Again, the Bible says, work out your own salvation. But I'm not going to send you out to work it out without the tools. See, that's what people want. They want the prophet, the apostle, the pastor. They want to give me, just give me a word. And go, I'm not, let me tell you, here's your word. I'm going to give you the tools so you can work it out. Have you noticed they've been giving you a word, but how have your life changed? Why? Because you have to work it out. They're not going to be there to work it out for you. I'm here to tell you what I'm here for. To give you tools for you to do the work. Not me. And no pastor should. No prophet should. No apostle should. No evangelist should. You should do the work. My job is to give you the tools. You know, on somebody's job, everybody got their part. My job is to distribute the tools for the work, not to do the work. Amen? But you're going to have to, when I give you the tools, you're going to have to take the tools to do the work. See, you be like, ah, no, I don't need that one. I don't need that one. I can, I can do the work. No, no. Whatever tools that I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you by the Spirit of God, and you're going to need it. I don't even know what to do with that one. That's okay. Hold it if he gave it to you. He'll teach you how to use it. 
Some of you don't even know how to use a screwdriver. Just look at it and say, I don't know what that does, but he, he gave me that tool. I'm going to hold on to it. Why? Because this is a series of teachers. You could be sitting up there with all the tools in your head. I guarantee you by the end of this series, you'll know how to use every one. You're going to know how to use every one. So just be like, I want every tool that he gives me. Because why? Have you noticed, the more tools you have, the easier the work. Because you can put one down and pick up another one because you got everything you need to get the job done. Have you ever been putting something together and you don't have the right tool? This is difficult. You're running around, where is this? Where is that? Because you can't never get together. But if you lay out and you have your whole toolkit there, you're confident. Why? Because I have something in there that's going to make this work. It's the same thing. Same principle. I'm going to make sure not one tool is missing. For you to tighten it up or loosen it up or take it off or put one or another one on. That one's damaged. All of that is all in this word. Don't refuse the tools. Do not not take the tools. Listen, restoration is a process. Know that. It's a process. It's not going to happen overnight. See, I know you want to just pray and wake up tomorrow and feel better. <laughs> no, restoration is a process. It's a process. Restoration takes time and it takes work. Restoration takes time and it takes work. You're not going to be made whole because you want to be or you wish to be. You have to put in the work. You got to do what? Work it out and put in the work. Exactly. But you got to work it out. That's our word. You got to work it out. You got to work it out. But that's why, it, I mean, my God, God always give us the easy part. I mean, he could have told us, now find the tools and fix it. But instead he said, I'm going to give them every tool. It makes the job easy. It makes the job easy. Just say, okay, what, 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 what? Oh, oh, that ring, that, you know, sometimes you might have a tool that's too big. And you try to fit it on that thing say, oh, nope, that's too big. That, that, that revelation was a little too big for that circumstance. Go back and get a smaller one. But you're going to have every one. When we get through, you'll have every one. So that girl goes to show you now. We know those that are by Church of Living Waters, we know how we teach and we know how we do. You know it's going to be line upon line, precept upon precept. Those of you that don't come back, guess what? You're going to miss the tools now. So you might be excited. You might like this word that's going forth and saying You might be saying amen and yes and everything. But if you don't come back and get it throughout the whole series, you're going to miss the tools. And guess what? You're going to get on that bike you try to put together. It's going to fall apart. You're going to get on life that you have put together and it's going to fall apart. I don't care what you do, how you try to tighten it up. And then you're going to do one of them rigging things. And how many of you know, anytime you rig something, it don't last long either. God is giving you the tools to do it right so you don't have to rig. God said your life's been rigged enough. It's time out for your rigged up life. It's time for it to be solid. Time for it to be tight. Time for you to have the proper tools so that everything works properly. And so that it will work properly from generation to generation. Sometimes people got toys that they can break out that, that's been put together well. And it goes all throughout the generation. It gives it to their great, great, great grandchildren. Why? Because it was put together well. 
So it is with the things of God. We want to put this Word together, put our spiritual life together in a way that's so healthy that so, when we even off the planet, all of our children's children will be using it. But you can't resist the tools. If you resist the tools, you're going to be in trouble. You're going to be in trouble. Restoration is a process. It takes time. Listen, when you've been hurt in life, you're not going to be unhurt in a moment. You're not going to be unhurt just because you want to be. I don't want to hurt no more. Okay. But now you got to do what? Work it out. <laughs> you got to put some work in to get over your hurts. You got to put some work in to get over your hurts. You have to put some work in to strengthen your weaknesses. Every day I have to put the work in to strengthen my weaknesses. Every day. You got to, let me tell you, you got to put in the work to rebuild the areas of your life that have been broken. It's not just going to happen. It takes work to repair breaches in your life. Some that may have been there for years and years, even decades. Breaches that's been in your life. You have to put the work in. Got to work it out. All I'm going to do is give you the tools to work. But it's going to take time. Listen, whatever you build, whatever you're working on to repair, whatever you're working on restoring, listen to me closely. Whatever needs rebuilding, it's going to be rebuilt in the time it takes to rebuild it. It's not, don't rush it. Well, it's going it's to take time. Have you ever seen a uh, um, construction that, uh, that, that's being built and you keep going by it and it seems like you've been riding by it for a year? You'd be like, they're still building on that thing? Well, it takes time to build that. Whatever time it takes to do it because they're not rushing to get it because we just think like, well, okay, we've been seeing that for long. Shouldn't that be done? Shouldn't this be done? No, it takes time to rebuild. See, that's why people that have been all broken down, they want to get, you know, once they repent before God, they want to get up and they want to do like they really know it. Let me tell you, sit down. It takes time to be rebuilt. It takes time. Oh, we need that so much. At some point, you have to take your mind off of what's going on around you, like even in society today, and put your mind on restoration. Or there'll never be a place where God can use you to help someone else, to get them where they need to be made whole. Never will. If you don't get your mind off of what's all going on all around you and everything that's going if you don't get your mind off of that and put it on the things of God, stop now and do the work. I said stop now and do the work. See, the church... We're so distracted with scrimmages and battles and things that are going on. We think on all the things that's going on around us. And we never stop. You're so busy thinking on that, you never stop to build restoration for yourself. You've got to build that. So why? So that you can... Because you need to have what it takes to fix the problem permanently. 
See, what God is going to give us in these series of teaching is not a temporary fix. God said, I'm going to give you what's going to heal, repair, and reveal your life permanently. I'm going to give you every tool that's going to rebuild, repair, and heal your life permanently. Now, I don't know anybody that don't want their life fixed permanently. Only God can do that. Only God can do that. Stop looking for someone else to do it. Only God can do it. And guess what? I'm out of time, but God is not. So you stay there and you meditate. Even if we go off screen, you meditate on what God is saying. And you're going to have to come back next week because God is not through. Just my time is through. And if you, and if you want to know, see, sometimes you think you can't sit in church. That what I just taught was an hour and ten minutes. You sat there. You heard. Now you got to go do what? Work it out. Just what you got today. Just go and work it out. We'll be back with you on Wednesday. Come back on Wednesday to be blessed. Amen. Stand to your feet. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.net.